What is up, Hooppreneurs? That is a name that I have not said very often because I don't know if it's going to stick. Hooppreneurs, H-O-O-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S. I believe I spelled that correctly. That is a nickname I would like to give basketball trainers. But again, I don't know if it's cool, if it's lame, if it's going to stick or not. This podcast episode is going to be a mix of a few insights that I've gained, realized, since I've gotten into the basketball training industry back in late 2017, early 2018, so about four years now, I've been in the game, and I've seen a few things that, in no particular order, I want to share, and hopefully this helps you out. The first thing is, you do not have to be a hooper in in college, in high school, in any level to become a basketball trainer. I know some basketball trainers who do very, very well for themselves in regards to the trainees that they train, the level of athletes that come to their gym, and the money they make, and they didn't even play basketball. They played another sport. They played baseball. And some trainers couldn't hoop, never could hoop, just can't hoop. And they get more trainees and more business because of their likability than anything else. That's a real thing. So if you are a likable person, you may have a chance in the beginning to earn someone's money and earn their uh, earn their respect as a basketball trainer. So that should be helpful, which leads me to the next thought. Likeability really matters and you can build that on social media. At the same time, if you build a lot of likability, meaning a lot of followers, a lot of friends, a lot of reshares, a lot of comments, a lot of whatever social media metric you can think of, that doesn't always have a direct correlation with how successful a basketball trainer is. I know a lot of basketball trainers who had a really significant following, but they really weren't making any money or making enough money to stay in business and to do what they really enjoy, which is training full time. So likability can get you started. Familiarity can be a great catalyst to drum up some business as a basketball trainer. But at the end of the day, those who get results and are credible will remain. And remaining, if you want to do this full time, business acumen and business knowledge is very underrated. Not knowing how to read or have somebody who can read a financial statement to understand your metrics, like um, how many how many trainees can we fit in a session to provide a quality session, quality instruction? What is our operating capacity? Fancy word for what's how many people can we fit into the session? And do we have too many available sessions to where we are losing on those hours? What is our operating capacity? What is our uh, conversion ratio for the skill evaluations or the first timers who come to train or whatever metrics you have that are really important for you. Do you know those metrics and are you able to track those message, me- metrics and do you have any kind of business acumen that can help you do what you want to do, what you love full time? I think the most important metric for me personally has been the most at this the most basic level has been operating profit and and cash flow because it's without getting too technical with it profit revenue minus expenses equals your profit 
But after that, the profit, uh, the cash flow is, is not the same as what you have left over. So it depends on how your books are set up. But if you have a certain amount that you want to pay yourself, which I recommend paying yourself as little as possible, uh, if you have a certain amount that you want to pay yourself, then that's what your cash flow is. And you might look at your bank statement at times and your profit and loss statement and then look at your, your, your bank statement, your bank account and realize like, huh, those don't match. That's because cash flow and, and profit aren't the same thing. But knowing stuff like that may not be necessary, but knowing how to at least spend as little as possible and have some kind of gauge over the numbers is very important because managing by the numbers is very underrated as well. So if you want to do this thing full time, learning how to see a see a budget, have a budget, read some financial statements, that is well worth it. And social currency, the likes, comments, and the shares, they don't equate always to actual dollars. Another thing is we are actually freelancers more than we are business owners. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I, I would like the idea. I like the idea of having a big business with many employees. And I do have teammates. I call them teammates. I do have guys who I trust with videography, guys who help with social media, uh, people who help with uh with I'm trying to stop saying uh so forgive me if I say uh a lot people who help with administrative tasks people who help with the CPA like I have a team but they aren't employees and when I think about business owners I think about people who aren't the ones who are actually providing the service and they have teammates who can provide that service for them so that is a distinction that I think we should we should bask and we should take pride in being freelancers and mastering our craft because the worst thing is is passing off these training sessions and having a trainee or having a coach who does not provide a quality training session and it forks up your brand and speaking of brand another thing that comes to mind is Google reviews like reviews are everything in person communication from one parent to another one trainee to another that's important and that word of mouth spreads you think about word of mouth if you are able to have that word of mouth be public and have the social connectivity actually move faster and go farther without it having to be organic communication that is helpful too. Sorry, my my voice probably uh, faded away there. I guess the biggest thing is having the social connectivity and having word of mouth move faster by leveraging Google reviews. I think we sleep trainers sleep on Google reviews, and those are the online the uh, the online word of mouth that can spread faster. If anybody's putting in your business name and they see your name at the top of the list, you have a much better chance of them actually patroning you or trying you out, it would be great to have your business at the top of the search engine ranks. When somebody types in basketball coaching at uh, in Chicago, Illinois, in Greenville, South Carolina, and wherever you live, has, look, that's that's just great because that cost per click, it, one, it may be free. Two, if you run some AdWords, the cost per click to get on your website may be very, 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 very low. Speaking of cost per click, that's another thing that I think is underrated as well. Um, having a website, like having a website is so underrated because having a website puts you above others in regards to the professionalism that parents see. It doesn't have to be like the prettiest website, spend the most money spent on it, but the functionality of it is very, very important. 
knowing those questions that parents ask whenever someone is new to your program and is interested in patroning you and, and buying your services, having those answers to those questions on your site so there's clarity, there's no confusion as to what the next step should be to get in contact with somebody or get an uh, athlete in the gym, that's important. And that's just automated and, and really unnecessary unnecessary limitations or unnecessary uh, hindrances to growing your business by not having a website that is automated, that can guide customers through a journey that leads them to your gym and turns them into long-term trainees that you can help. So uh, websites are underestimated and they are very important to help grow a business because again, if you want to do this full time, business acumen, having a website, learning how to market is very, very important. If you want to do this as a hobby, then cool, like that, that's great. You probably don't even need a website. You don't need any of that stuff. Uh, but it just, it does help the brand by having a clean website that is that's crystal clear for customers and prospects to navigate through. Another thing that comes to mind is control, control the gym space that you have. Meaning, if you have a chance to purchase or to go into a, a lease agreement, I say do it. The lease agreement is going to be really helpful because gym space is scarce. Like, I say everybody, but a lot of people are looking for gym space, especially in our area down here. And if you have a, have a lease, that helps you from having to scrap and piecemeal 20, 30 gyms together. And 20, 30 is an exaggeration, but piecemealing so many gyms together. And I've had to do both. I'm actually doing one right now because I didn't fight for a lease to, to make sure that I had a contract locked in at least one year at the location that I was in. It saves you a lot of trouble, a lot of drama to have everything written and to be able to go back to that contract and to be able to have one location for your trainees to come to. That is golden, being able to protect those hours. So get a lease if you can, if you have the ability to pay for a lease, up, well, not up front, but put a lease down and have consistent training hours. It is well well, well, well worth it. Uh, that's all I'll say about that. That's a podcast in and of itself. Um, I think free sessions are, I'm, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm kind of going everywhere. I think free sessions are a great idea. I think free sessions help you get started and can begin to build your training business. Now, if you are at a, a level that you don't need more trainees and you're booked and you have no more space, which some people are. I don't think everybody is. I think everybody has classes and sessions and hours in their gym that don't always have max capacity in them. So if that's you, which I think is 95% of the trainers listening to this or trainers in general, then free sessions could be a great catalyst to build the program to get more trainees in the door with as little friction as possible. So I used to be against free training sessions, but when I tried them one more time, I saw how many people came in the door and I saw how quickly the the athlete list, the client list grew because we did a good job whenever they did come into the gym. So I am a fan. That wasn't an exhaustive list, but I think that's enough for now. Just uh, I need to get back into this flow of podcasting. I'm tired of stopping for sure. Hopefully this helps you guys out. If there are any topics or questions or anything you would be curious to 
talk through or hear me rant about, let me know. Mice at basketball2business.com. Yo, hope that podcast gave you some value. If it did, please rate, review, and subscribe to this. It only makes the podcast better. I read every single one. And at the very least, go join our group. You'll see the link in the description of this episode. And I will catch you on the next one.